but I was just like always like putting myself down. But that was just because of the way that、uh, I felt about myself. For me, like going down the road, and even now, that's something that I'm trying to work on is to, you know, have more belief and make sure that like. Golf is obviously something that I really love doing, and I feel very grateful to be able to play a sport and work at the same time, and that being something that I like doing. And、um, not everybody has the opportunity to do that. So, but also making sure that like golf doesn't define me. I don't think our like work and like what happens shouldn't define us. And you know, we're just. Um, you know, Connor, Drew, and Brad, and Lydia. You know, we're just us, and、uh, you know, we just.、Uh, I think when the work affects you and the way you portray yourself, I don't think that's just the right mindset to be in. There's another side to good health, and that's good mental health. Do not adjust your screens. Lydia Ko, former world number one, the youngest world number one ranked golfer of any gender, two-time Olympic medal winner, and 16-time LPGA Tour winner, is on the couch. Lydia really loves her mother's cooking. She loves the camaraderie that she has with her friends on tour, and she loves golf. We talk about her work with Sean Foley and how her team really contributes to her success. We appreciate her time in this quick check-in, and we know she's got birdies to drop. And so do I. That's why I trust the Model 55 ball from Uncommon. Right now, if you go to uncommon.golf and use code GGT at checkout, you can get free shipping. I know you need that. So why don't you tap in with Uncommon, tap in with Lydia, hit them straight, and mind your golf. Um. Well, on Group Golf Therapy,、uh, the podcast, we like to ask you the questions that you probably don't get asked a lot. Um, starting with, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing good.、Um, I this is my third week off、uh, out of four, so、um, feeling recharged, energized.、Um, a lot of golf、uh, the past month or so.、Um, so this is like an exciting month for me. Or as I okay, I can do some things that I. Uh, might have not been able to during you know this year,、um, and just recharge, and then also work on my game, get a little stronger. So, yeah, it's、uh, off week seemed to go by so fast, <laughs> and、um, but also the season goes by fast as well. So I only have a few tournaments left,、um, so hoping to、uh, finish the season strong. Love to hear that.、Um, well, where in the world are you right now? I'm home in Orlando.、Um, I live in Orlando. I've lived in Orlando the last eight years.、Um, okay. So this is where I would call home, away from home.、Um, you know, it's very hard to go back home to New Zealand、uh, nowadays. But、uh, I feel at home here, and、um, I'm inside the Lake Nona community, which is really nice and Convenient for me to just walk out, go and play and practice whenever I can.、Mm. Great,、uh, great facilities. So fortunate that、um, I've got such a convenient、uh, location to come back to、uh, during the off weeks. That's great. What does when you are in those in the off weeks where you don't, where you're not playing any competitive golf? What are some of those things that you get to do that you miss when you are 
touring when you are competing every week um i've over the last couple of years i've gotten really into like fitness and like working mm. out a lot and um obviously being on the road and <clears throat> with um covid it's i think really hard to uh get good like workouts in um you know working out at a hotel or in my room is a lot different to like doing compound work here with my trainers or just even by myself so i love working out um i did like a one and a half two hour uh like upper body workout with my trainer today like uh, i think like an hour ago and i feel like my arms are like noodles right now <laughs> so <laughs> Um, it's, it's weird. Like, even though it's something that I routinely do when you haven't done it for weeks, um, you just kind of lose that. And I gain a lot of muscle really quick, but at the same time, I lose it, um, very fast as well. So I wish, um, I could maintain it a little bit more. So I, but you know, all I can do is really, uh, you know, do as much, um, compound work and, you know, as much work I can in the short times I am at home. Mm. Wow. I imagine there's there's so much to be said for having a routine as well, right? To make you feel comfortable and and to give your body and your mind something to look forward to and predict and repeat every day. And I imagine when you're traveling to new places, staying out of living out of hotels or Airbnbs or things like that, it must be really difficult to establish a routine. Do you have that experience is it is it tough to have a routine on tour i think the um lucky thing for me is for most of my events my mom i travel with my mom so in some ways like she helps me a lot and um like obviously when i was in like europe or uh, a few of the events i was traveling alone and during that obviously it's nice i get to do stuff on my time but at the mm. same time like i go oh man i miss my mom's food <laughs> i miss where like you know when you just can't be bothered doing anything and there's somebody there be like oh i'll do this for you and i don't mm. think um you don't realize how lucky you are until you don't have it anymore and my mom's like been there with me since day one since i was an amateur like she drove me like within new zealand like eight hour drives to take me to tournaments and then caddy for me and um like i feel the emptiness of like her role when I'm traveling along mm -hmm. um but and I think because she is there with me for most weeks um to some extent I think I'm able to keep similar like dietary plans um and and all that like from home which is something that I don't have to be as like concerned about um and the only thing that is different I think is really the fitness uh regime mm. This is, we usually ask this question at the end. Um, so I'm going to, I'll, I'll remix the question slightly. So you like your mom's cooking. You, you love when mm -hmm. she's on the road with you. Uh, what is on the menu um, after a round, after, you know, you're, you're at the hotel, you're at the Airbnb, you're with mom. What is she cooking you? That's like, that just sticks to your ribs. That makes you feel warm inside that, that makes you feel, you know, happy and whole and all those things that you that you miss about having your mom on, on the road with you? Oh, I think she's a great cook. Um, I try and copy some of the things she does and it never tastes the same, even though it's the same ingredients, it which does. kind of frustrates it me. And I was like, 
I just don't get it. And then she's like, oh, honey, just put a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And I was like, mom, you need to tell me, like, is it a spoon? Is it half a spoon? Like, that makes huge differences. (laughs) But, like, I think moms just have it, right? Some people would just have that. Um, I think one of the best things for me that she cooks is um, a Korean curry. She puts, um, like, Korean curry, like, the like the molds and then put that and then put water always put beef um she puts potatoes pumpkin um apple which brings a little bit of sweetness and then like crushes like a tomato in there onion Mm. mushroom so it's really hearty and Mm. just have that with a bowl of rice um my mom she normally like go oh have more food have more food she's that kind of that (laughs) kind of style and um, my caddy, Derek, like he's come over and Derek was like, oh, normally like when your mom gives me food, I'm like, okay, stop. I'm like full now. But he was like, man, that cu- he had it, had the curry in Michigan a few, uh, like a couple months ago. And he was like, man, this was like one of the times where I should have asked for more food and she didn't have any more. Um, so I feel like um, it's good. And I had it a couple of days ago and uh I tried it, doesn't come out the same. So mm-hmm. it's definitely something that my mom does that makes it a little bit extra special. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. Um, as you were saying, you know, your mom is, is a part of your support system as well as, um, you know, also your mother. Um, who else, uh, like, who would you say is someone that you really look forward to seeing on the range when you show up at a tournament? Like, who who are some of those people in your in your circle of friends that you've made throughout the years playing? Yeah, um, my sister has been actually a huge um, part of my team, obviously, outside of being my family. She was and is my agent. Um, so she goes both roles, uh, which I'm very grateful for because she, she knows me so well and you know, she's known me since I was born. So there's no one that knows you better than family. And for her to stand by my side in both the business perspective and just in the personal side. Um, I'm very grateful for that. Um, yeah, I know. I think the great thing about our tour and the LPGA is that everyone, we, I feel like it's some sort of like a family and yes, we have groups within the tour, but like we all, like if someone's playing well or one of our friends is about to win, there's always somebody there to celebrate, like spray champagne and, I think that's the awesome thing about it. Um, some of my closest friends on tours, Danielle Kang, I would call her more like my sister than like my mm. friend. Um, I met her for the first time at the U.S. Women's Amateur in 2011. Um, and I think she probably still remembers me as like a 14, 15 year old when I first met her. Um, but she's kind of taken me under her wing and you know, girls like... Um, Minji or Sue, who I've known since, you know, we were at least half uh, our age um, right now. And also um, Lindy, who I've gotten really close with um, because she also lives in the Lake Nona area as well. So, yeah, um, lots of it's just I feel like it's a very warm family and it's great to be part of um, a group of uh, athletes like that, even though we're competing Mm -hmm. against each other, we're we're still rooting for each other. And I think that's what a sportsmanship is, is, you know, you want to do the best you can. You, you're being competitive, but at the same time, 
know cheering when um other people are doing well that seems like such a a core part of the lpga tour in particular we just spoke with uh marina alex who who shared such similar sentiments about like this is an individual game we're competing against each other technically but there is so much support and she was saying that she treats and views everybody that she's competing against as her team as well which is i think such a such an interesting set like sector of the lpga tour is that that competitive but collaborative environment um which is really cool and and on your career in particular like you've obviously you're still so young but you've been around for so long and had such a successful stable career it seems so many wins 16 now i think when things aren't going as stably as you might feel they are or as or where your game is not up to the standard that you think it should be how does that impact you on or off the golf course what's your self talk like yeah um to be honest i think i had a span of 2 3 years where i wasn't i think i got to playing some of the best golf i was and then for like 3 ish years um i wasn't playing as well and you know i wasn't um in contention as much and i just think um i wasn't playing with as much belief and as confidence mm. and i think confidence is such a big key right um i feel like skill set there's not a huge difference between players but you know when you have one good week or you feel you get that kind of click of okay i feel like i know where to go from here then be able to take that kind of momentum but I feel like I lost it and it was really hard for me to come back on that track and you know when I did play a while it was just so on and off that I don't think I was able to feed off from it much um but you know I that's why you know during the pandemic obviously last year it was not a great time for economy not a great time um because you know so many people got affected by it you know with health and health is definitely the most important thing um mm. for all of us and you know, it wasn't a great time you know because of covid but at the same time for me taking 6 months off competitive golf it gave me time to take a step back and reassess my game reassess where i'm at and kind of see what i need to do and um i started working with Sean Foley and he was able to to clear out some of the questions in my head and obviously we did um a little bit of technical building but at the same time I think he was able to help me in the mental and spiritual and emotional standpoint as well and I think at times that is just as or more important than the technical um areas so I think that was a really important time and then after that when we came back um for most of July till the end of the year I had played some of the most consistent golf I had in my career I hadn't won but I was like consistently putting myself in contention and I think when you keep doing that you feel like at one point it's going to fall and that happened for me um in Hawaii this year and um I think over this last year and a half this is the most consistent I've played even going back to when I was world number one so Hopefully, you know, we'll we'll continue working on the same things. Um, you know, I keep it pretty consistent and simple with Sean and you know, doing the right um kind of strength training with my trainers as well and 
I think, uh, you know, just got to keep working at it. I know sometimes it's not going to go the way I want it to, but I think because I went through the ups and downs, like within my career, I think I'm able to uh, embrace it uh, a little bit better. And Sean always says, like, we're in the position mm. that we're meant to be in. And sometimes it's going to be at the top and sometimes that could be at the bottom, but, you know, you just have to embrace it and still trust the process and kind of um, keep working at it. Cause I think when you give up, I think that's when you're really putting that nail on the head. So just got to keep working at it. And um, I feel grateful that I have uh, amazing people in my team to kind of mm. walk through that journey with me. Sean Foley seems like such an interesting human. I feel like, I mean, he's a king and queen maker. You're on his roster, Tiger Woods, Justin Rose, Cameron Champ, the list goes on. Uh, I feel like in his sessions with his clients, y'all might analyze like a handful of golf swings and the rest is just like that emotional, that spiritual, that, that mental work. Um, and I wonder, I'm curious what you walk away from those mm. sessions with, like, is it, is it a, a phrase or a, a thought or a something that you take away that you bring with you onto the course in competition? Yeah. Um, like technically probably in the last few months we've worked on the same thing. Sometimes he words it differently to kind of, um, connect, uh, and like, I mm. understand it a little bit better, but you know, sometimes like even during tournament uh, tournament weeks, I'll call, I'll send him some swing videos and I'll call him. And a lot of the times when we're talking, we're talking about just life. Um, you know, how am I, you know, how's it going with, you know, my friends or like very simple things like that. And I think I come off like thinking like less in such a result orientated way and focus on the things that I need to. And then he, I think, has really been able to kind of clear out my mind. And I know that I've been at times where it's like very um, like foggy. Mm. So he's kind of been that the sky that has just like kind of cleared it a little bit better. And I think I have a tendency to overthink, overanalyze. And when I first uh, started uh, working with Sean, I went from taking videos like, every other swing or like at least one swing with like a, an iron a driver and in the wood and then for the first few months I didn't take any videos of my golf swing and if I did I just took it I didn't watch mm -hmm. it and I just would send it to Sean and get his analysis on it so and he was like listen to Biggie Smalls and I'll fix that thing <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like so simple you know a lot of the times you'll say hey just like look watch out for your alignment and um, my caddy and him and I are like all on the same page and that, that makes it great and makes it clear for everyone um, but yeah you know we will well, he'll tell me stories um, some of his experiences and I think that's a great thing um, like sometimes it's just like less golf and like more outside of that enter group golf therapy the podcast yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey y'all this is Brad and Connor Andrew, we wanted to take a quick second and thank you for listening. It truly means a lot to us, and we want you to know that you're loved and you're welcomed here. And if you ever need a listening ear to vent or just to talk to somebody who cares, 
we want to remind you that group golf therapy is a safe space. Our DMs are always open at group golf therapy on Instagram. Hit them straight and mind your golf. When you, you said you have a tendency to overanalyze or overthink things. And when that manifests on the golf course, is there a place that you go in your mind to, to try and shut off? Is there a happy place? Is there a, um, a, a trigger in your mind that helps you calm down and, and feel more in the moment? I think I'm able to kind of do that a little better now. Um, just because I used to like never watch like video stuff and never really overanalyze when I was younger. And then I just kind of, I think when I was struggling, I was trying to find answers. And I think I was kind of going through that period of time. And obviously if I hit that kind of stage again, I think I would be able to deal with it a little bit better. Mm. Um, but I like to do like meditation stuff um, like off the golf course and then that kind of thing helps me. Um, I have a mental coach that I talk to like once a week and she um, like we talk about uh, I'm, I'm gonna see her after this actually. Um, wow. Yeah and uh, see like what I'm going through and she'll give me like weekly advices or like weekly goals. Um, mm -hmm. Some of the things that recently we talked about was I felt like at the Olympics, I tried to play a little bit more aggressively and um, like, why was that working? And then um, how important was for me to set like weekly goals? Because um, at the Olympics, obviously you're trying to medal and that was probably the most um, kind of clarity I had and like what I wanted to get done. And I think sometimes I would leave it so vague that I was mm. working, but not really sure what I'm working towards too, even though, yes, we'd like to win. Like mm -hmm. it was a very, like a vague goal. Mm -hmm. So trying to be a little bit more specific with those kind of things like that. Um, yeah, just, uh, like meditation, listening to music and like, breathing I think is so important I think when we're out there and we're frustrated there's like very shortness of breath like not much water frustration but trying to like consciously like breathe and like you think breathing is just normal but like honestly before putting stroke like I'll take a deep breath to just like calm myself and like go okay now you can go <laughs> well mission accomplished at the Olympics I mean <laughs> two for two on podiums that's pretty right. good yeah such a um amazing experience and obviously to do it for our country is mm. um just takes it to a whole new level mm. you mentioned music as well what what is um what's the pump up music what's the like get you in the zone song right now uh sean sent me one that i really really liked it's called i can by i think is it by is it by big sean maybe yeah mm. um yeah that doesn't but... surprise me from sean <laughs> big sean from big sean that I does not it. surprise I think, me i think it's called from it's from big sean i don't know it's called i can um so i really like that song it's a very good like hip-hop um like um get yourself in the mood kind of a song mm -hmm. and uh sean's a very big hip-hop person and i love that kind of genre as well so um that's the one that i was like listening to a lot my friend he's a singer slash um rapper in uh korea and he wrote me like a pump up song for my 21st birthday um so i listened to that a lot before i tee off and uh it's like personal but um it's like 
it's something that kind of gets me going and I and I when I first listened to it I like cried because it's like for me and it's like to feel like that there's people supporting you no matter what I think that's the most gratitude you know the most grateful thing for me I know you said it was personal um how comfortable are you with sharing it with us after um I've never I don't think anybody like knows and it's actually not in like Korean it's not in English much to be honest yeah it's like more in Korean that's okay <laughs> I think I'll take a pass and keep it personal. But, Respect. Um, <laughs> I kind of love that. Keep the mystique alive. That is. But uh, in yeah, in the end, he like even like says like over the melody, like he gives me like a personal message on that as well, and like says like okay. happy birthday, Lydia, and like I think um it's probably one of the best like presents. Like it's not something that you can buy, and it's something that I'll have forever. And he. The other day was like, hey, you're still listening to that? I was like, of course I am. How can wow, I not be? Incredible. That is a beautiful thing to create something for somebody like that. Like you said, you can't buy that. That's um, that is an ir- irreplaceable and irrepeatable gift. You can't re irrecreatable. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you can buy a shout out. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, you can buy a sh- you can buy a shout no. out on Cameo. You can't, buy a, a, you can't a pick that up song. at Nordstrom. You can't pay for that. Right that's true yeah it's something that would like happen mm. at like a wedding mm-hmm. right like your husband right. your wife or your significant other um just uh just like sings that for you um and uh uh i got it for my Not 25th birthday <laughs> um okay so we talked about mom's curry that's that's on her menu if if okay you you've just meddled and you're inviting group golf therapy to your dinner. You're inviting Danielle Kang to your dinner. You're inviting uh, your your hip hop recording artist friend to your dinner. What is on the menu? Um, I will just go to a local restaurant and like make, get you guys food that um that you can actually eat and would like <laughs> and go. Okay, I would like to come and spend more time with her, and I'll go. Wow, I'm leaving this house still empty with an empty stomach. Um, <laughs> what are what are the menu items though? What do you uh, what's like comfort food for you? What would be on that menu? I'm a heavy, heavy, heavy protein mm. person. Um, this morning, my mom was at you know the best ratio is fifty percent carbs, like twenty percent protein and thirty percent fat, and I was like. Mom, I'm eating like 70% protein. So I don't know how many percent carbs you're telling me to eat because like I'm running out of numbers for 100. Um, so that's, the, that's the Bryson diet right there. Yeah, I like, I mean, I, I eat a lot of meat. Um, like I had uh, dinner with Sean one, at one event and Sean was like, oh my God, like this girl can eat. And uh, I just, I love like steak. At the Olympics, I think I ordered my meal. We had like we could choose like an entree, uh, like starter, also entree, main, and dessert. And I would order my main and then take my caddy's main, and he would order something else mm. he wants. Or if I had my main, I would order another steak on top of that <laughs> and just have it. So yeah, I'm a very heavily like protein person and. 
Um, like I could have steak every day. I have you know grilled chicken with salad every day. My mom says, doesn't it ever get old? And I'm like, I mean, it's good. How can I not say no to it? So it would, it would definitely contain some sort of like steak, I think. And then I love like a grilled salmon, something along those lines. And then just like a nice refreshing mm. salad. I love burrata. So like something Strong. with burrata or mozzarella that's like totally up my alley. There is a restaurant like 35 minutes away from here that serves all of those. So if anyone's coming, I'll just get that to go and bring it <laughs> rather than try and make a, a meal myself. It would take me a couple <laughs> days. Yeah, I love food. Um, I love food. Uh, and um, I said to my boyfriend, hey, I love you more than food. And that's, that's a big huge. statement. <laughs> that's a very, very big statement. And he's like, yes, that is a very <laughs> big statement. So I take my food very seriously. Um, and you know what? If we're having food, might as well have something that you enjoy mm-hmm. eating. Love that. Lydia, as we're on the topic of some of your favorite things, uh, this is one of my favorite questions that Connor likes to ask. But what are some of your favorite golf smells or smells on the golf course oh you know what it's gonna be food related again um it's like you know obviously when we didn't have fans like there's no food vendors Mm -hmm. or anything um uh like i think at the british open on by the 15th hole it's crazy that i know it 15th hole like left of the green they had like a fish and chips and like burger kind of stand there and that smells amazing because like the grilling of like a meat patty just doesn't get any better like I feel like I could go vegan but then I I smell that and I'm like I got no chance to being vegan (laughs) um and then and then on this nine on the seventh hole yeah on the seventh hole on the right at the Carnoustie again they had like these lots of different vendors and they had like crepes and like donuts and all that and you can smell that sweet flower just like batter smell and you're like oh yeah I told my caddy on the last day I was like Derek I just want to go there and join them and not like not play yeah so I think all right where was the pin on those holes uh the pin was <laughs> over the bunker on the right on seven okay 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 I was just making sure just making sure you're paying attention to the right thing. you know I think if, if golf yeah. doesn't end up working out you could always you know be a, a food a food blogger I think that might be your second your second calling in life yeah I honestly when I retire I just want to do like at least like a month trip going all around the world trying different food and I think food relates to culture a lot you know Mm -hmm. every country has their different cultures and I think food also speaks about that culture as well like Korean culture is so different to New Zealand culture New Zealand culture is so different to American culture and I feel like the food is part of that and I love enjoying that and getting to meet people from those countries and talking about their food I Mm. think it's something that we can equally all passionately talk about. So another question that we repeat on this show a lot is what is your mortal wound? What is that one nut in your life that you can't crack? The one question that keeps evading you, um, your Achilles heel, the void in your chest, the, the, the ever searching thing in your life. What would you say that is? 
Um, I would say I am not the person with the best, like, or biggest self-esteem. And mm. um, I think at times, um, that's why I think when I was struggling, I was losing you know my self-esteem and I was like losing myself and confidence in myself and mm. I have tendencies where that um I kind of get in that flow of things a lot and I don't think I get very um result orientated but that like the results like affect me like in that way so it's I think a bit um that came in the way that I was talking I would always put like obviously it's one thing to be not humble and be cocky but you know I think it's another to be like confident and have belief or but I was just like always like putting myself down but that was just because of the way that I was uh, I felt about myself so and um, I think for me like going down the road and even now that's something that I'm trying to work on is to you know have more belief and make sure that like Golf is obviously something that I really love doing and I feel very grateful to be able to play a sport and work um, at the same time and that being something that I like doing. And mm. um, not not everybody can have the, has the opportunity to do that. So, But also making sure that like golf doesn't define me. I don't think our like work and like what happens shouldn't define us and Mm -hmm. no we're just um you know connor drew and brad and lydia you know we're just us and uh you know we just uh i think when you affect when the work affects you and the way you portray yourself i don't think that's just the right mindset to be in so mm -hmm. that's something that i'm you know continuously going to work on and um it's why i have sean and my trainers and my mental coach to kind of and my family to kind of um get me through that and I feel like I'm a lot better at making sure that that doesn't define me and I I think at times I was like winning in Hawaii was proving it to myself rather than like proving it to anybody else like to me like what everybody else thinks really doesn't matter and I think it's just as or more important for you to be able to have that belief in yourself that is great. And and thank you so much for sharing that with us. Um, I think that's important for our listeners and golf consumers to, to hear one of their favorite players is just like one of us. You know, mm -hmm. we all, we all struggle and mm -hmm. you know, we don't always know what it looks like for each person, but um, you are, blessed and fortunate to be in a position where you have a Sean Foley, where you have a mental health, uh, person to check in with. Um, and it's, it's important that we, that we drum, we, we keep hitting that drum, you know, mental health is so, so important. And, mm -hmm. um, for those that follow you younger fans, you know, um, it's important to get that message out in front of them as well. Uh, so thank you for sharing that. Um, I do want to ask, um, what is the time on the golf course you have laughed the hardest? Oh, I mean, I laugh so hard. Like Sean says, I have one of the like quietest voices, just like talking, where sometimes I'll call him on the phone and he goes like, 
like are you talking or not talking and he's like he says I have the softest hello I'm like hello Sean and he's like he said he wants to like hang up and call me back so that I would say hello Sean again and again and again um but he said like controversial to that I have the loudest laugh (laughs) in the world um I just laugh all the time um uh I think one of the like I just laugh about weird things and when I'm tired I laugh even more which is like even weirder I I think one of the hardest times like I laughed was I was playing with SH Park at the KPMG a few years ago and it was just us two playing and it's so random and it's kind of stupid but like we were trying to remember a name of a golf course in Orlando and we were going like back and forth back and forth about the golf course name and like and then like a whole later like we were waiting on the tee box because it was a drivable par four and she like like said hey it's this and I was like dying because she's also very like quiet and then she just like blurted it out and I can't even remember the name of the golf course right now I was trying to remember it the other day and I just remember like I was like rolling around <laughs> on the tee box just laughing and like she's like very I think quiet and keeps to herself but I've gotten to know her over a few years and we played a team event together in Korea mm. before so just like it was just so out of the blue and the fact that she was thinking about it for a whole like because she couldn't like remember and like it was you know when it bothers you right like I was like oh my god like she's just like us you know um yeah so I remember like I was just like rolling around the tea box and like I was playing so bad that day that like nothing was really going my way and I hadn't made a birdie yet and I was on the fifth on the sixteenth tee box and when she said it I just died laughing and then I made birdie in the next on that hall. So maybe that was Laugh the key. Therapy. I that actually that, that brings up an interesting question. So when you're not playing well, what like not only when you're not playing well, when you're playing bad, like when you're playing objectively badly, and let's say it's a Friday and you're like, the cut is forty strokes away from me, I'm not gonna make it. What is there? Is there a mental switch that flips where you're just like, now I can just have fun the rest of the day, or or is it is it heavy? Is it like, I suck. <laughs> um, honestly, like for me, I've gotten to like the years when I was struggling. That was when I was grinding a lot, and I think that has helped me now. That no matter what position I'm in, I'm like gonna fight Mm. until the end and even if that means I'm gonna finish 144th which I think I finished 100 and I came like second to last at the British Open like on Friday and I definitely obviously missed the cut there like I think just fighting to the end that has like really helped me and I think that's a really good Mm. trait to have and like no matter if you're gonna win 30th or come dead last like I don't think you should ever give up and I think that is something that has like my tougher times where I was struggling that has really helped me even till now um but sometimes I mean you just play so poorly you try everything doesn't work um you you know you feel like you're hit sometimes you know I think the worst is sometimes you hit the ball good and you know the hole could be a size of a bucket and it just doesn't go in I think those are more of the funnier times when ball striking is a bit off you're still trying to like 
figure and like how do I play the hole but sometimes when your ball striking is good and you're just not pulling anything I know I've had times where I walked up and I was like literally if I could have just not even read the putt walked up to the putt like as if I was just playing a Tuesday round and putted I'm sure I would have pulled more than I already have like those kind of times um you kind of uh you just just laugh about the situation um I played really bad at the first round of in um LA this year and I ended up missing the cup but even though I played well in the second round um my boyfriend was like watching me and he said man like it was like only the third time he had watched me play and he said man like it was so like eye-opening to like see me laugh and Mm. smile um like even though I was literally shooting about to shoot like 78 or something or 79 and then I was like hey you know I can't cry about it and I was paired up with one of my favorites um Jessica Cuerda so I'm just gonna have um you know fun out there and uh see what happens but sometimes you know you're gonna have those crappy days and uh you know no matter what you do it's just Mm -hmm. not gonna happen and sometimes everything's just gonna fall as if like there's a magnetic like force going into the Mm -hmm. hole like what can you do but I think uh yeah it would be a lie to say I've never not cried after a round yes I've I've come off the course and was like that's just so appalling and have cried um but at the same time I think I've just had times where it was just so amusing because <laughs> it was just so bad. Yeah. I love that. Um, I, final question. What is or where is your happy place outside of golf? For me, it's just obviously being with my family um, and um, my family and friends. My family, like since the pandemic, um, like my mom and I are in America and my dad and my sister and her husband are in Korea. So I think the first time we all got together, the all five of us was on my sister's birthday, which was like early this Mm. year. So we hadn't been together for over a year. And then, um, and then we got together a few weeks later at my brother-in-law's birthday. But um, yeah, like, I think like because of everything going on, it's really, I know a lot of families and a lot of friends are going through where you're having you're doing things virtually and just over the phone and you're not actually being able to see them. And I think that also makes you be thankful for like when they're here and how like amazing Mm. it is to like be with that person. Um, And also just my friends, um, some of my closest friends are from New Zealand. And now I think we're at the stage in my life where one is doing her master's at um, Harvard. one is, you know, working in Korea. One is uh, working in New Zealand. So, like, we're all separated. So, the it's very rare for all of us to come mm-hmm. together to one spot and hang out. And I think, you know, when I spend time with them, they all don't play golf. They Their family don't play either that much. So, like, I feel like we're just four, like, 24-year-olds just having a good time, like, uh, in the off season last year we went on a trip and then just rented a little condo and like cook made cook mm. barbecue and like those are the like the fun things that you can cherish and I look at some of the photos and videos from then and um I go man it's just like how goofy it is and like may, it may seem cheesy but you know what like those are the memories you kind of remember. Really beautiful. Thank you so much 
for sharing that with us, for sharing your time. Um, oh no, thank you. <laughs> we hope we can do it again. <laughs> we we hope that we hope that we can do it in person. We're really we're working on that. Uh, yes. And and seriously, thank you for. I mean, you, you've yeah. always been so gracious with you know responding to DMs or replying to stories and things like that. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just as a fan and someone who wants to watch more of you and, and get to know you. Thank you. Oh no. Thank you so much. Thank you, Brad, for giving me the opportunity. Um, it was so much fun and, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll be able to all be in person doing these things. Um, yeah. whatever is going on around the world gets better. And, uh, yeah, excited um, to be on your guys's uh, um, podcast again. So thank you. Yeah, yeah thanks thank so you, much, Lydia. Lydia. This was really good to meet you. And yeah, <laughs> hopefully we can link up in person and make it official. <laughs> Sounds right. like a plan. We can't say we have officially met until yeah, then. That's Absolutely. right. <laughs> There's another side to good health, and that's good mental health.